You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state. Just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, ESPN Radio begins right now. Birch Orthodontics, our wonderful sponsor for this hour. Week in and week out, we can trust her, we know. Birch Orthodontics has got our back, and they got your back, for that matter. Uh, all of my kids have gone there. All of Ira's kids have gone there. And if Corey's kid were living in Tallahassee, he'd go there, too. He'd go there every day just to hang out. <laughs> for lunch. Yeah. Do you think Do you think if we paid for Dr. Birch to put up a new sign that said, you're, you're ride or die orthodontist, that she would like leave it up front? Like, yes. Would have that in front of her? Business with a, with a Seminole Headlines logo or that wonderful picture of the three of us celebrating Corey, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You think you you think she'd put that up? I don't it know why she hasn't be, already. To be honest, it would it be you. good for would it be good for business? Yeah, so, they'd say, yeah, "Well, that's right. You connected to the Seminole Headlines guys. They're the three coolest cats in Tallahassee." <laughs> I've never been to her office. Does she have a sign out front? Sure. Like, yeah. Dentist here or something? Well, or, it says like Dr. Heather. Birch and it has like her title, you know, the DDS, whatever the Heather K. Birch, DMD, DDTM. After that, it should have something in parentheses, seminal headlines and ride or die, orthodontist to the stars, ride or die specifically is what I'm getting. Well, ride or die, yeah, we ride or die with seminal headlines. That's in parentheses right next to DDS or DMDD, whatever all the initials are. Yeah, all those uh, degrees she's still paying off. Birch Orthodontics. <laughs> there you go. Birchorthodontics.com, Ira, correct? Yes, birchorthodontics.com is a website. You get free consultations. They've got payment plans, great customer service. Your kids will be happy to get braces, and you'll be happy with their smiles when it's all done. Butch wants to know, if you took away the Scotty Barnes hype and based upon what you have seen to date, would you believe he should play one more season at FSU? 
I love his aggressiveness to the boards, his ability to bring the ball up the court, create plays. His jump shot is hit and miss, and his free throw percentage is just about 50%. Your thoughts? Yeah, but Butch, here's the problem. They're not they're not drafting that kid based on the season he's currently having and some of the elements of his game that need developing. They're drafting him on that body type and potential and all of the things that you see that he does well at just the age of 18. They know that you can't recreate that. He's only going to get better at those things, especially when he's a full-time basketball player. And most people don't look like him and can't do what he does at that age. So they're projecting a little bit here. It's not a matter of how quickly he can get to be more refined in those areas. Yeah, like obviously if he came back, he could play himself into a top three pick. I don't know, the top pick in the draft. But, you know, either way, he's going to be probably a lottery pick, uh, maybe a high one. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, whether – of course he'd probably be helped by another year – but I don't even know. I, I think, you know, if he if he's getting trained by NBA coaches every day, right. he'll probably be pretty darn good in a year or two. And he's and already he's, pretty darn good. Yeah, and he's, uh, when he gets into workouts and that type of thing, I mean, because that's where he's, I mean, and then he's, the intangibles, the fact that he's, uh, you know, so passionate, plays so hard. You think of all the, the issues that the NBA teams have to deal with sometimes with some of these young players, and he's off the charts in terms of competitiveness, work ethic, team guy, uh, incredibly skilled and talented. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to end up being a top six or seven pick. And I think he'll end up being an okay shooter. Like, yes. his free throw, it's weird. I, they don't look when, when he, they don't look awful. He's not clanging them. Ever. Even as a jump shot, it, I, it's not even really a jump shot. It's a set shot. But they, they look good. They just don't go in a lot. That, that needs probably to change. But his vision, man, every game he makes two or three passes where you're like, what? I yeah, mean, he, he's... you know what I'm noticing, boys, here while you guys are discussing the greatness of Scotty Barnes, and I agree with you. There are plenty of moments where you go, "Well, there it is. That's what's on display. Yeah. That's why NBA guys love him." I'm kind of going through this Facebook feed of questions. I'm going to skip over quite a few of them because most of them reveal the football mentality that bothers me to no end. There are a lot of fan base, a lot of people in this fan base that look at everything through the lens of football, and that is, if you lose a game, suddenly your team is this thing. So it's all these guys going, well, we just can't close people out, and this is why we're going to get bounced in the tournament. I'm like, God, dog, people, get a grip. <laughs> it drives me nuts. It's not that difficult. You, it's fun. What's great about this is as Corey and I were talking about Scotty Barnes, I could see you looking at your screen and, like, visibly getting angry, and then you just went on a rant there, and I nobody mean, in particular. I mean, what? They do it in baseball, too. Our fan base does it in baseball, too. It's like they lose a game. We're like, well, this sorry-ass team – I mean, I don't know how you lose a game like that. Look, it's baseball. People lose all the time to teams that shouldn't lose. I mean, the freaking 27 Yankees, I'm sure, lost to a team that was sub-500. Happens. What do you do? You can't apply football mentality to basketball and baseball. Meaning you have to know that losses are coming. It's not like the 99 football team where any loss is devastating. Right. uh... In football, if you are bigger, stronger, faster at every single position on the field, you ought not lose a game. That is correct. You should criticize coaches when they lose, especially if they lose two and three times in a given season with better players. But when you play a basketball season, and by the way, Florida State was playing a roster in North Carolina that, yes, they've lost a lot of games, hence my criticism of rolling out there, Roy. By the way, go look at those kids and how they were recruited and where they were recruited to and tell me that Florida State was demonstrably better as a roster than North Carolina's. They're not. That's the that's why we tipped the cap to, to Leonard Hamilton, is that he's overcome the Dukes and Carolinas of the world, gone out and recruited 
similar players. That's amazing that he gets them to Florida State. But those rosters are loaded, loaded yeah. rosters. Yeah, and, you know, I was listening to Krzyzewski, and this is on this topic, uh, on the ACC coaches call uh, yesterday, uh, Coach Krzyzewski talked before Leonard Hamilton, and he was saying that it kind of sounded like he was taking a shot at Florida State and Virginia, which he might have been a little bit. He said he really felt like the tournament, the ACC tournament's wide open because he doesn't feel like anybody is head and shoulders so much better than anybody else in the conference, which is true. But what I think what what's happened is you see these teams like the Dukes and, and Carolinas and some of these other teams that'll have they don't they just don't have the consistency. Like Florida State has been very consistent for this whole season. They've had like the the a couple of slip ups and people have been mad. But it's not like Florida State. I mean, you know, it's not like Duke or Carolina isn't talented enough to beat Florida State. They just haven't right. been consistent throughout the course of a season. And so that's what, you know, if you get into a matchup, I, you know, if Florida State gets into a, a, a semifinal game against, you know, Carolina or, or Duke at a quarterfinal game or whatever it is, like that's going to be a hard game. That's also, Always keep in mind in these games, in these particular moments, any given game in a season, I mean, there are a lot of factors that go into it. You got guys hurt. Are you playing on short rest? All these things. But also in basketball, and motivation is a very big deal over a long season. It's hard to sustain. And desperation is also a very big deal. Right. North Carolina is looking at the possibility of not making the NCAA tournament. They're playing at home in a game that they know could be a signature win on an iffy, iffy resume. They got to get that win. They're playing with a level of desperation. I know you can try to implore your players to match that intensity. It's human nature. It's hard to do. When I need something more than the guy next to me, I may be working a little bit harder to get it than him if he doesn't need it. And I just feel like that kind of happened a little bit in this game. It started to snowball. Carolina got some confidence, began to really feel like they had a chance to win a game that they had to have. They had fans in the stands for the first time all year long. They were coming off a loss. I thought one of the worst things that could have happened to Florida State going into this game was the Dan Marquette game. If Carolina doesn't lose for the first time at home, maybe that desperation level isn't as great. But they came off that loss knowing, man, we better put it together. Now, look, here's the criticism of Roy. Good for them. They rose up and got a game they had to have. But then look at these dumbasses last night. So, you know, they, they're as wildly inconsistent as you're talking about, Ira. That's on coaching. That's a credit to him. Florida State doesn't do that. Yeah, and I think, you know, I thought to the energy perspective, I mean, that's what we talked a little bit yesterday also, the offensive rebounding, the fact that Carolina was able to get 19 offensive rebounds showed you that they had an edge. They played with an edge that Florida State didn't bring. But I do think Florida State will bring it. They'll They'll, you know, Boston College shouldn't be much of a game, but I think they'll play with that kind of edge against Notre Dame because that is a closeout game to win the number one seed. They're going to have the Notre Dame's not Notre Dame. No way should have more incentive or energy in that game than Florida State with all Florida State has on the line. But also project the tournament, the NCAA tournament. Everybody, both teams, every night, they're going to play yes. with everything yeah. they have. Yeah, right. Yeah. Motivation's not going to be a problem here. I'm not and, saying they weren't motivated but i am saying one team was highly motivated and needed it more than the other and the one last thing i'd say about that about the road because a lot of people made this talk about florida state how they play on the road you gotta remember that because the ncaa tournament's not at the tucker center it's not a road game those are going to be neutral sites unless you're playing butler i mean it's it's nobody's going to feel better shooting in that environment than their opponent um so you know it's going to be a true neutral site which i think you know, alleviates that concern about the road games to me. 
Bob writes, gents, do you, do you all think that when the Knolls get a big lead, they can't put games away? They were up 15-plus against UNC but went down a shot of three instead of setting up, taking time off the clock, and then Carolina had life at halftime. Consider the Miami and many other games FSU gets a big lead and then let it slip away and games become much closer. Seems like they rush shots instead of slowing down and getting good shots when they really could put teams away. No. I mean, you could say that about every basketball team. You know, I mean, look, they, they've had some moments. Loss. You know, they, they had a big lead against Virginia, and that was cut down quickly. They had a big lead against uh, Wake, and they had to go to overtime. That has happened. But I, but that, it also that, happens in basketball. That, no, I was going to say, that happens, that that game, happens in life. Game of basketball has a series of runs. You hear yeah. that phrase quite frequently. They, uh, also, they also beat a team. They were up by 50 on Clemson. You know, so sometimes it works in the opposite way where they get a big lead. And just step on the gas. Louisville, they made a bit of a run. Then Florida State just edged it back out again. So, uh, yeah, that's that's basketball, man. They're going to make – you're in the ACC. There's there's kids that are going to hit shots. And they are going to make runs. You, you're not going to beat teams by 40 points. I was just trying to get questions in off of Facebook. So, just so you know. <laughs> that's where we're at. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Or headliner questions, Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio. Jamie writes, which FSU basketball team would be considered the greatest in school history? Is it 1972, 1993, 2020, or another year? I vote for 1993. I love Sam Cassell, Bobby Serra, Doug Edwards, etc. Rodney Dobards, I'll throw that out there. Uh, we had some great nights in the Civic Center back in those days. We did, Jamie. I was back in the Civic Center in those days as well. Uh, but, no, I would I would say the school that nearly knocked off UCLA in the final game would probably have to get a vote. You know, I was one. I didn't see it. But, you know, obviously they you got to doff the cap to that team. I would go, yeah, just re- if we're going to be results-oriented, they, they, played, they made it to the national championship game, had to play UCLA in Los Angeles. Uh, in front of an entire uh, UCLA crowd oh, and won. gave them a good run. Like they, they lost by eight. They were ahead at halftime. Um, it's the closest Wooden, I think, came to losing a national championship game. So I would go that route. And then after that, I would go last year. I, I think that team, um, even that team uh, lost on the road at Clemson. That's what I'm saying. Season. Like people, I, I've had so many people to Jeff's frustration. I've had a lot of people in the last week either say to me directly, or I've seen them post on our boards or on Twitter that, you know, like this team, cause I, I posed a question a week or two ago, like, is this team, could this team even be even better offensively than last year's team? But you look at the metrics in a lot of ways they are, but, and everybody's like, well, they wouldn't have lost like this, or they wouldn't have done this. And that team lost basketball games too. That yeah, team, they lost five of them. They yeah, lost I mean, uh, to Clemson. They, they really probably should have lost to Notre Dame. They did uh, lose to Pitt. Yeah. They right. lost to Pitt to start the year. Um, yeah, they were down 15 to Louisville in, in the second half before just exploding all over. Well, I won't finish that sentence, but they, they had a really good game against Louisville. Uh, yeah, no, it happens, man. They, but they, I, think that, I think what people wonder, though, is when things are going bad. And I think this is a legitimate question coming out of that game. When things seem to be going off the rails, who do you go to to get the bucket? Who do you go to to stop, to stop the carnage? Because last year you had, you had a guy with your point guard, and you also had Vassell. Who do you have this year? Is it Raekwon? Is it Scotty? Is Scotty even going to be on the floor? Like, who do you go to to stop those kind of runs? I think it's, I think it's turned into Raekwon, to be honest with you. I, I think, think it's turned into Raekwon, too, but I want, I want to expound on this because I do think you bring up a good point here. And this Raekwon is- Gray, I should specify. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're not, thanks. You're not, yeah. you're not drawing it up for Raekwon Evans? 
Um, not right now. So, so Ira, I want your thoughts on this because I, I've thought about this too. And you know, I've been tough love Cameron when it's come to MJ Walker's career. And I've obviously watched as he's gotten better and better in every year. And that's awesome. And he's a good player. But he has his moments where you kind of forget he's on the floor. And I've brought that up before, too. I feel like he's most equipped to be that guy. Do you, th- do you think he will reassert himself as he starts to feel better and better from a health standpoint? Because I feel like he should be that guy. He has all the experience in the world. He's quick. He's got range. I, I think he plays with confidence these days that he didn't always play with in the past. Do you think it could be him again? For part of the season, he seemed like he was that guy. Right. Um, until, like you said, he's been banged up more recently, so that's certainly affected him. The what's the challenge there to me that what made Trent so special was because he could handle the ball like a guard, but he could get inside and was physical enough to score around the basket and and get you either to the line and he was a really good free throw shooter or or get you a bucket. I just think it's harder with a guy like MJ because you know he's he's going to be more of a jump shooter. You just I don't know that you can count on that the same way. So that's why I think I probably agree with. Corey, in, in, in the t- sense that to me, I think it's Raekwon Gray and Scotty Barnes. The problem with Scotty Barnes is he can't shoot free throws right now, or he hasn't proven yeah. to be a good free throw shooter. So so it's kind of, probably going to be Raekwon Gray, but I don't think Raekwon Gray can do it repeatedly. You know, like I don't think he could do it. Like Trent could do it possession after possession after possession. I don't think Raekwon can do it that many times. Um, but I think he's great for like stopping a run. He's, he's done that a ton of times. Um, so I don't know that they have the one guy. That's one of the main reasons I was really about, you know, bummed about losing Trent was just, and you know, not that he was lost, he graduated, but not having that. I just thought that was such a key piece uh, of that team. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's got, it's probably going to be a combination of guys. And but you need MJ when MJ shoots like MJ shot for the first twenty first fifteen games of the season. Yeah, they're they're a com- completely different team. Yeah, Steve, and we just haven't I, seen that. This this is a good one here. Uh, it pivots too to baseball. Steve writes, greetings, gentlemen. Thanks for making a Tuesday more seem like a Friday. As a Cubs fan, I understand baseball is a long view sport. I was surprised by Martin's comment about his pitcher shaking off a sign. I always thought you handled something like that in the clubhouse and not at a press conference. Do you have thoughts on that? It's a fair question. Um, I mean, it's a fair question. It's definitely, that's where meat is. I mean, that's, you know, that's how meat is. I mean, he's always kind of been that way. He's, he's, he's very blunt. Um, with his players. Now, maybe the question is, as an assistant coach, do you, or do you handle that differently than you would, than you need to as a head coach? So that's a good question. I also have a question about whether or not we need a redshirt freshman waving off signs, shaking off or wiping off signs in the 13th inning of a, of a baseball game when he hasn't pitched all that much. I mean, is that normal? Do you always give them the freedom to do that? And then didn't he, he faced two more batters after that. So that's another concern I have, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's definitely something for me to watch because a lot of head coaches wouldn't do that. I don't mind it though. It's not like he said, yeah, he just hung a curveball and got the, it got the crap beat out of it. You know, he, he kind of gives them an out in the sense of, well, if he'd have called the right pitch, he, he still would be dominating. Um, and, uh, you know, just as a, as a, as a press member, and I'm sure as a fan, you might appreciate insight like that. Now Bryce Hubbard might be like the coach. <laughs> I just pitched. I kept this in the game. I pitched from the ninth to the thirteenth inning and struck yeah. out everybody on their team. Like, 
come on, man, just say yeah. I, I left one up. But I get that. But I, you know, I like the insight, and it's like, well, he wiped one off, and it's and it's getting hit off the fence. It is come 180 degrees different from his old man, though. Because yeah, absolutely, Mike, he would have Mike never Martin, said anything. Like Martin like Senior was said, well, you know, we we threw a good pitch, and they just happened to hit. Yeah. It. He could groove one down the heart that gets turned around. Well, was good pitch. He just hit a good pitch. You're like, that wasn't a good pitch. It was, it was, was belt up, up and in the zone. Uh, all right, here we go. Jonathan writes, how good does it feel to be able to lose the third to the third last game of the season and still be in the front? Oh, sorry, third to the last game of the season and still be the front runner to win the ACC title. Um, yeah, no, man. Uh, Jonathan, that's the point that I keep coming back to. Whenever we lose a game now, it's awesome to see the disappointment in a way. Even if I disagree with some of the assertions or descriptions or the reasons people give for the loss, I like that they're disappointed. I like that they want to vent some anger because, again, it speaks to honest expectations that have risen to a place now, season in, season out, that I could have never envisioned, say, seven, eight years ago. I mean, it's really exciting that we all expect so much more. Corey, you, you had fun with me last week when I was ripping in gum and ripping some other guys about not being any good. And you're like, I like that we're here. We're at this place now where we can just rip basketball players because they're not meeting yeah. the standard. That's right. That's right. Uh, and, yeah, like, I, yeah, I think it's uh, – they're all going to be tough losses when you expect to win them all. And Florida State is now in a place where they expect to win every game. And I would say that even if they get to the Sweet 16 and old handbone gets an extra $250,000 for it, <laughs> that in they're playing Gonzaga or they're playing Michigan, you're going to be really disappointed if they lose that game because you expect them to make some serious – even though Michigan you know, is the number two team in the country, you're going to be disappointed if they lose that game. That's just how where this basketball program is now. I don't think it's going to be an, oh, man, when we got to the Sweet 16, this was awesome. I think it's going to be serious disappointment when they lose again. Maybe they don't, but if and when they lose again, there's going to be serious disappointment, even if it's in the Final Four. Uh, Twitter question comes from PH Noel. With the level of consistency men's basketball has shown, Ham has raised the floor of the program. So, record during COVID season aside, what's now considered a disappointing season for the men's basketball program? What's the new floor annually? I, I would think, think next year if they finish like – if they're like an 11 seed or if they're like a bubble team next year, that's a way, big Corey, disappointment. Do it this way. Give you give, give a projected finish in the ACC that would be disappointing. Sixth. I agree. Ira? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, fifth or lower. Yeah, I think fifth would even be that's a little a better, disappointing. That's yeah. a better representation of how good this program has gotten and where we have them now. If they don't finish top five in what has been a historically dominant basketball conference, then we are de bitterly disappointed outside of the top five. That's going to be that's, crazy, guys. There's a chance next year, depending on who comes back for this basketball team, that Florida State might start the season as the preseason favorite to win the conference title. Now, it only took them winning the regular season title two years in a row. But they might be the preseason favorite to win it again because I'm telling you, the kid coming from Houston, when you talk about people that can stop runs and go get buckets, that kid goes and gets buckets. Uh, MJ Walker is a very good player. This kid is a different type of scorer than MJ Walker. No, it's exciting. I, I, that's, again, the consistency of recruiting year over year over year over year and why the level has been raised to a place where if we finish outside the top five of the ACC, we're pissed at Florida State. Pretty amazing. The the first few years, just real quick, when when because I got here the same time Coach Hamilton got here, 
in those first three or four years, and he they remember they could never win a road game in a no, conference. Win a road like, game for years. It yeah. was like twenty something. I can't remember how yeah, many straight road games. Really it started before he got here. Uh, and it was just a, you know it's like man, hopefully you know man maybe when you know Virginia, you know not well back then Virginia when Virginia came to town or something we could get actually get a conference win like a middling to below average ACC team came to the Civic Center that's a chance to win. I mean there were always the crazy one one or two the Duke game or Wake Forest game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, man, it's 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 like a completely different program. I began the day every day during basketball season doing the seminal positive the positive basketball note of the day. That's how bad they were. Playing ludicrous. Yeah, I'd find yeah, with ludicrous, and I'd find some obscure stat that really mattered not at all, but it reflected nicely on one of our sorry ass guards or something <laughs> that they Todd, were in the top. Yeah. Todd Galloway has gone from one point. <laughs> 1.3 assists per game to 1.4 assists per game. It was unreal. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Before we get back to headliner questions, just want to doff the cap to our good friends at Horizons Bar and Grill. I need to go by there. I'm in need of a tasty grouper sandwich or some of that sunset shrimp or whatever it is the sun whatever the shrimp is it's delicious i love it the appetizer thing yeah that stuff's good Uh, and the mac and cheese bites you know again you don't you don't go wrong with them listen i don't want to get specific because i feel like you're underselling the rest of the the roster if you will the rest of that menu it's a really good menu and i'm I'm saying that sincerely to those listening who think hey look these guys are on board yeah we are on board with them and they do help sponsor us and we do appreciate that but in truth I really love their food over there. I haven't met anybody yet who hasn't enjoyed uh, their food over there. They've got really good food. And, and beer. Gonna, yeah, and lots of ice cold beer and a million TVs. But if I'm going to pimp a restaurant, it's critical that you know the food is good. And the food is really good. So go check them out and enjoy. And they have, uh, they have a happy hour every day until uh, 6 o'clock. So uh, we, we partaked in that. Uh, partook? What's the past tense of partake is it partook yeah we, partake? We, we, i would i would say we we have partaken that's what i would have say. partaken make it more active yeah. i got you Ira. you don't like the past tense never have yeah um uh, so they have they have the happy hour till six monday to friday and then also i didn't know if you guys knew this ira you might that you can order online you can go to their website and order yes. online you can order yeah. through their facebook page yeah and their I'm website is, is horizons bar and grill um, spelled horizons and bar are spelled normally grill. I don't know why, why the it's, restaurant business, Ira, is it always with an E fancy. It's fancier. Okay. So it's horizons bar and grill. The grill is with an E. So horizons.com, you go, you can go to order off their website there. I have never understood why if it, grills if, are if, E's when they're a place you go eat. If it but doesn't have the e, in your backyard and put something on it, it doesn't have the E. If it, if it doesn't have the E, then you know, it's a dive. So this is oh, they're letting sure. you know that this is a quality a quality yeah. establishment, and uh, yeah, and Kim actually orders online when we get our to go orders from there. And the one thing I wanted to say about it, the cool thing about Horizons is a lot of times if you got kids who are picky eaters like I do, sometimes it's hard to find a place. I don't want Mexican or I don't want this. The cool thing about Horizons Bar Grill is there's something for everybody. You got burgers, you got chicken tenders, you got uh, the the pasta dishes, the seafood dishes, the gumbos, everything else. Uh, you need to check them out. Great stuff with a grill with an E up at Bannerman Crossing. Ira, have you ever had a point where you snapped because of that pickiness regarding the food? Because I'm not the pickiest. 
He's well, the, that's where they get it from. I learned it from well, watching you, yeah, Dad. I learned it from watching you. He can't get mad at them. Listen, buddy, I'm paying the bills, so I can. I, I set the agenda. It's up to them to to conform. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. Just, well, last night, well, you're because your kids will eat just about anything. Yeah, because I beat that into them. I told them we're not having this nonsense. You're going to eat what I bring home. So you last, had Bryce eat a squirrel right off the <laughs> off the road when he was four. <laughs> Just to get the palette, just to get the palette uploaded. So last night, to, uh, Kim and uh, Alexa wanted to get uh, uh, Chick Fil A. They just wanted, like, they just wanted, like, yeah, some easy and quick, yeah. quick and easy. So I was like, I'm gonna run out and get it. And then, then we have a discussion about, like, you know, can somebody else have something else? So now I end up going to like yep. three See? different places. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. I also Put your foot go. down, dude. That's on Say you. No. That's crazy that you did that. I know is you're trying to keep peace in the house, and I respect that. But at some point, you just got to go, look, guys, I'm not a taxi. I'm not going it, all over Hell's Half Acre. not here. Uber Eats. Yeah. Is, it, is it too late to make, make him eat a squirrel? <laughs> like, no. It's never too late. Okay. All right, questions. Here we go. Uh, if you were Norvell, would you be quietly courting the disaffected Texas player who was upset that the Texas administration – decision to retain the school song that they feel is racist that's a thing huh that's a thing these days man that's a and understandably yeah that's, that's an interesting set of circumstances now, do you do it like do you send them a do you do it with like a, a gif of uh osceola on renegade is that how you is that how you reach out to the texas no, kid? no well, you not. don't you don't mention that at all but but the point of the matter is it's like um, I certainly would. Isn't that how they got the Mississippi State kids? Because of Leach's dumbass. Uh, well, that's why they went in the portal. The 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 great the amazing thing was Sarkeesian goes to his introductory press conference and like throws out the de declaration. We'll be singing it. We're, yeah. That's our song. We're gonna be singing. That's it's like, such a weird hill, what? man. <laughs> Did you? That might have been the only way he got the job, though. Like maybe the donors that run that ship were like, "You better say it publicly because we're not dealing with this." And then you see these emails coming out, and you're like, "Oh my!" One of them was like, "If the blacks don't like it here, they can go somewhere else." It's like, what decade are we in? What Corey, what life is this, Corey? That story I read that this morning, and I sat there with my jaw again, just absolutely collapsed. I couldn't believe you have. Million dollar donors in Texas are like, sorry, the blacks are upset. I was like, are you kidding me? What are you doing? It's nuts. It's like, nuts. not only is that ridiculous and racist, but let's just for a for a moment set aside the humanity of it all, right? Let's just not even worry about how re ridiculously racist that language is, and how, <laughs> how bigoted that is. Let's just stop for a second. I'm presuming that the fine folks at Texas who write these letters to the university and donate millions of dollars would like to win football games. Yeah. What percentage of their team do they think is African-American? Yeah. So, sir, that wrote the letter, or ma'am, that wrote the letter, you think it was a wise idea to, quote, unquote, upset the blacks? It, well, it's, it's just remarkable. You could remarkable. go on and on and on for days of stupidity and overt racism and ignorance and all of that, but that is a bizarre press conference and stance to take, I might know. To answer the question, though, yeah, I, I, I certainly think that that's something you could – I don't know that you – I don't know what the ethics are about reaching out to kids that are on rosters, but that's certainly something that will yeah. be used against Steve Sarkeesian in, that, in Texas moving forward. Just show them the letters. These are the people that are going to be in the stands cheering for you. Yeah, this Whether is... they represent the vast majority, they probably don't. We can't make that assumption. Maybe they do. 
but that's how you that's what you show them sure that's what i'd be showing them uh jones writes with and the then we talk about that machine gun kelly m&m rap <laughs> and kevin bacon being yeah. in the neighborhood yeah. <laughs> with the disappointment on the diamond over the weekend and no sign of a drew brother walking out of that dugout anytime soon my question is what would be the approach song for you for each of you as you came to the batter's box or to the mound i.e wild thing oh if i was hitting yeah oh boy I mean, something slow. Oh, really? Maybe everybody hurts. <laughs> little REM jam for you. Oh, man. I think I'd go with a little Rush Tom Sawyer. That's, that would be my, my jam. I'm going to go Slayer's Rain and Blood. Okay. Those are all three good choices. Yeah. <laughs> I feel strongly about Slayer's Rain and Blood. Uh, Michael writes, is it fair to say that Lewis Hamilton is the Leonard Hamilton of auto racing? Oh, Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, where did the fire ham crowd go? Really pulling for Coach Ham to put this run together and cut down some nets in Indianapolis. Thanks for another great week of content sponsored by Sausage and Braces. Yay, braces! That's from Michael. <laughs> braces, there you go. That's a good yeah. catchphrase. You should try that. Tony writes, hello, men. Can we get some of those fluffy Bisquick pancakes with a side of honey fried chicken to some four and five star offensive tackles? You all think that rebounder would be the downfall of this basketball team in the tournament. Yay, sausage. No, I think North Carolina – I mean, North Carolina had like 30 offensive rebounds last night. Like, that's just what they do. They 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 brick a lot of shots, and they have big dudes that can go get them. But By FSU way, think, battled them better the yeah. first time. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, better. Yeah, they did. Uh, they have Kessler. They didn't deal with Kessler. I think that kid played like six minutes in that game. By the way, I think he had two points last night, Kessler. So yeah. that's, that's how it works. against Florida State with eight boards and two It's blocks. like last year, like Notre Dame fans, like, oh, so Wyatt Wilkes had zero points the next game, but he had 20 against us. Like, that's just how basketball works in this conference sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the first part of that question. Uh, it was about uh, getting offensive an offensive tackles. tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they're well. We do think they're going to get a grad transfer offensive tackle at some point, maybe at the end of the spring or at some point late in the spring. Um, but from a recruiting standpoint, yeah, they're killing it with the DBs and the athletes and the running backs and all that. Uh, I know that yeah, fans would like to see some more offensive linemen. Good question here. That's going to kind of punch the gut a little bit. Sean writes over under one on how many losses FSU basketball has left. Over. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely to win the national championship, Corey. Definitely, over. that's what it would take, right? Yeah, like I think yeah. they'll win. They'll lose. I mean, I don't. You know, uh, hopefully they win the ACC tournament, but you don't know. But they might lose in Greensboro, and then yeah, um, it's just. It's Corey, just what do you what do you think? We talked about this briefly on uh, the JCS yesterday, as we like to call it. Yeah. How motivated do you think Leonard's going to be in the ACC tournament? Not it's, very, especially knowing that it no, seems a little banged up. No, he doesn't share that, Corey. He doesn't believe like. No, we I just man, I I. To me, if I'm him, I'm, I want to get in and out of Greensboro as quickly as possible and bubble my team up because I do not want to miss the NCAA tournament because I had to play NC State on a Friday or NC State on a Thursday, and then there's some contact tracing nonsense, and now I, we don't get to participate yeah, in Yeah, I don't think the fear is, the, is, is COVID. I understand what you're saying. I, I just – I wonder – let's remove that concern for a second. Like, the three of us don't see the value, especially if you win the regular season for the second year in a row – of going on a long tournament run and winning the ACC tournament. But he does. And, you know, he has said it openly before. Like, he's not going to half-ass that tournament. He's going to play it to win. Yeah, I, yeah, he might. Yeah, I'm sure he will. He, he's not going to tell his kids not to play well. Because, well, like, I mean, difference. 
the year when Kofer got hurt, Kofer, they made that run. They He wanted to win the ACC tournament. And yeah. that was part of why Kofer wasn't healthy for the NCAA tournament. And so in hindsight, you know, I, I just I, – I think from where the program has always been, I've always been with the idea, man, do win whatever you can win in the ACC tournament because there's no guarantee you're going to win a game in the NCAA tournament and then you've blown a chance to maybe win the ACC. But now I just wonder with some limited injuries and things like that, I, I wonder if maybe you take a different approach. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it really depends. To me, it all depends on MJ. Like, you know, maybe you play – Maybe MJ doesn't play in the in the ACC tournament to get yeah. him right yeah. for the NCAA tournament, and you're still trying to win, but you're not going to risk him being at sixty percent in games that really really matter. I agree with that. Yeah, makes sense. All right, let's uh, wrap it up. We'll do so momentarily. Hang tough. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines returns now on ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio. All right, wrapping it up, some little headlines. A couple more questions here before we say goodbye for the day. And I have to remember that I've got to switch back and forth. So let me do that very quickly and get a couple more Twitter questions in. Who do, who do you uh, who do you like less? The Facebook is it, does it change week by week? Facebook Twitter came people? Twitter came strong this week. Okay, all right, let's go with them. Twitter was better this week than Facebook. I, I, I'm not. What a rivalry! What a rivalry this is turning into. It's starting to get ratcheted up. Until we get Instagram on board. But, yeah, uh, so T Money a lot of pictures Knowles, of cats. T Money Knowles writes, "Good morning, gents. With spring practice starting next week, what do you want to see in the spring game that will give you hope for a six and six or seven and six type season next year?" Uh, and then he writes his wish list here about a coordinated defense that plays as a unit. Mackenzie Milton kicking ass. Defensive line getting the push. What do you want to see? Those, defensive those line are, getting a push. Those three would all be good. Milton, defense, I feel like Milton will be fine. We know he can do what he can do if he's healthy. You got to see some. I know you guys think everybody wants to see 50 to 44 in the spring game. If it's 14 to 10 or 12 to 7, I think that would be a much better sign. If there's like turnovers and big hits and actually a pass rush, that would be a very good sign. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb writes, aside from a Jameis-type performance in the spring game, is there anything that you could see that would make you feel optimistic enough to pre-order eight or nine victory sausage orders? <laughs> no. It's a good question, Nothing. though, but no, I don't think so. Nothing. Let me ask, all right, what about, what if, what if, is there, well, is there any chance that Mackenzie Milton can look great, the receivers can look better, Lawrence Tofili can look like a, a, a beast, and you somehow still feel better about the defense? Is that possible? Is there any way... Yeah. No, how, yeah. how he's going to throw for 400 yards, and we're like, ah, oh, the defense looked a lot better. <laughs> he had to really fit into some tight so, windows. So there's no way. There's just this is a futile proposition. Yeah, it's I hard. Actually, I'll just say this: I don't care what happens in the spring game in terms of the score or you know that particular game. I want to see body types looking different. I want to see effort. I want to see coordination. I want to see some semblance of a team that looks like they've grown up an awful lot and play together and play smart. If the final score is 38 to 17, or if it's 14 to 10, I don't really care. I just need to see a better looking football team. And we, and how much are we going to be able to see actually? How many, how many finger wags do you want to see in the spring game, Corey? I'd like to see 10 or 12. Uh, I thought last year, especially at the end of the year, they kind of went away from the finger (laughs) wag to their detriment. So the more finger wag, I think the more confidence you play with Jeff, you taught me that. 
Like, I, I'm a big proponent of the finger wag. Of course, usually it's after you make a play, after you've uh, successfully look, tackled this somebody. Is a, this is a chicken or the egg argument. And we've <laughs> been having this for a long time. I think you make the finger wag first, and then you start to play better to live up to the wag. Yeah. So it's it's like, uh, you know, dress nice, play well, or play yeah, well. Yeah, exactly you know? right. Dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. It's Yeah, you act like you're a good corner. And maybe you'll become a good corner. Finger finger wag for the plays you want to make. Yeah, all right, not the plays yeah. you have made. Yeah, I got it. Right. I like it. Yeah. R.A. writes, good morning. How have you prepared to spend three weeks in Indianapolis? Well, I'm not going to Indianapolis to spend three weeks at all, period. And by the way, if all the press conferences are going to be done doing for Zoom, then none of us need to be in Indianapolis for three weeks at all. Agreed. Agreed. Take it up with Ira, though. Also, serious question, what will be the long-term effect on sports reporting now that coverage of teams is done remotely instead of face-to-face? Well, we, we hope that this isn't in perpetuity. I mean, we'd like to see reporting return to what it once was when you were able to go out and actually observe uh, and talk to players fresh off the practice field or the court. Um, but in the interim, I, I will say this. Uh, I have worried, increasingly so, about uh, college programs really – internalizing a lot of what they do with their own websites and uh, in essence, having state run media, uh, that that's not good. That's, that's not ideal uh, for getting any form of objectivity uh, or analysis. So I, I do worry about that moving forward. But I think, I, I hope, I, I think, I hope I'm not being naive that, that I think we'll be, you know, when August rolls around, we'll be out actually talking to people face to face in yes. the air in the open air after practices or whatever, before practices, I do think that will return. I don't know that this will be, um, I think some jobs like uh, might always, there, there might be some jobs in this country that just stay remote, you know, office jobs where you realize, Oh, well, yes. we can do a lot of work from home. We don't have to be in an office at nine o'clock, but this job, I do think that it'll hopefully get back to normal where we're out actually out covering. Maybe our seats at basketball games are a little better next year. And uh, and then yeah, that that what we're actually talking to Leonard face to face and not on Zoom. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that there's a potential that they might create more opportunities for Zoom press conferences in a time where it's not conducive. Like for example, when when basketball goes on the road, when Corey and I worked at the Democrat, we would be the only people that whenever ever went on the road for basketball games. Yeah. So if you know if FSU played at North Carolina or wherever. We would be there. Almost never would anybody else be there. I went to Virginia Tech for games. I mean, Corey did also. We heard all about it. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. And and so you would. Um, the the benefit to that would be that you got stuff that other people didn't get. Yeah. The I could see a scenario now where Chuck Leonard Hamilton and Chuck Walsh, the SID, say, you know what? None of the media is coming on the road for these basketball games. Well, let's do a quick ten minute Zoom. You know, so we would actually get because in the past maybe we could get them on the phone if they had a big win. Like, didn't um, like somebody, I did that last year. I think it was last year when Florida State won at Louisville. I got MJ Walker just on the phone because he had a big game up there, and I got MJ Walker on the phone afterwards because none of us were up there. I don't think none of us were at that yeah. game. But then you know now you could set up a Zoom and every media outlet could talk to MJ Walker, or so we might, could be there and yeah. get them ourselves. So there might be some of that, but I just don't know that. Um, I don't think it's good. Hopefully it's not going to change much of the day to day that we'll still get the same access we've always had. And we, and we don't, we're not going to have any sort of access in terms of what we started to have for all three uh, practices. Corey, I stood next to you and, and had a conversation for the last practice. Remember that the third and yeah. final practice. Yeah. Um, and I said, I'll see you in 12 months. 
<laughs> was, I haven't was, seen your face. I've seen your face like twice since then. Well, we we had a couple of beers together at Horizons recently. Well, Horizons right, Park that was Hill. it. Yeah, Before yeah. that, it had been a while. Hey, hey let me ask you questions? this: when we get when we all get vaccined up, yeah. are we gonna are we gonna go back to the studio or are we gonna? Uh, yeah, I want I want you back in the studios when we can. When we are you wearing a mask? Yeah, I'll wear a mask, but I'll be there. Sure, I'm I'll wear my face guard. No, we're if we're all vaccinated up, buddy. Yeah. Let's sit on each other's lap and do the show. <laughs> the first show after we've all been vaccinated is going to be spent with us on each other's laps in some form with one mic. It's like we're sharing a mic to do a duet. Like Bruce Springsteen and what's his name when they would sing together, yeah. Little Stevie or whatever, when they yeah, sing in like, the mic together. That yeah. We'll share one mic. I'll sit. Like I guess I'll on sit each on your lap. Oh, yeah, we'll get into it, too. Yeah. You'll I'll make sit it on your lap facing you. Ira will be there. Yeah, oh, I'll have you guys can each sit on one of my legs on my lap, like Santa. I, I, yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll there you the go. We just kind of walk us back and forth. Yeah. And we'll and we'll hey. all at the same time scream at one another in various ways. Spittle will be flying everywhere, and we'll be unfazed. Won't uh, care. Won't yeah. care because we're vaccinated. You I'll can't like, hurt Corey, us. Corey, make that point again. Spit some more, pal. <laughs> go ahead. It's all right. For Corey hey. Clark and I. Hey, I wanted to give a. Bye, man. That's it. You let him talk. Let him talk. What? No, what? it's all right. I'll I'll, I'll do hey. it. I was going to give some recommendations for Netflix, but I'll do oh. it next week. Late. It's too late. Hey, listen, right. Netflix ain't going anywhere, Corey. I know. Hey, right. next show, guys, remind me. Ask hey. a question about hey, my listen, Real quick, Kim, I will Kim, do this. Kim and I are watching Godless. There's mine. There you go. Good. It's good. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'll meet in the middle, Corey. Wonderful suggestion. I watched Crip Camp. It was awesome. There you go. Great documentary. Yeah. I watched Nomadland with Francis yes. McCormick, which Movie is very here. good. And I also watched the Billie Eilish documentary. And I don't know any of her music. None of it. I do. But but it's really kind of a fascinating look at her becoming, a, like, it, it starts when she's like six, seventeen All before right. she releases I, that I, album. I it's really, up. really good. If you need to man up after that, though, watch Godless. It's a uh, Western. It's uh, it's, it's, it's Jeff Daniels, right? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a good. really menacing bad guy. It's All good. Right, there we go. Hugs to everybody. Good work, everybody. Talk to you next time. Be well. Seminal headlines on 97.9 ESPN radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN radio audio vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN radio. Tallahassee sports monster.